If you would this morning, open up your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18. We're going to continue this morning on a series that we started last Sunday. This is part two of Pride versus Humility. It's like a war. That's why I put it as pride versus humility. We want to be on the side of humility. Every one of us in here has pride within us. And sometimes it needs to be called out. We need to look at these areas in our life that are not pleasing unto the Lord. Pride is never pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. But we all have a sense of pride within us. But what we need to be going after is humility. I don't know about you, but I love to hang around humble people. And if you are humble enough, you will have discernment enough to see when somebody is very arrogant, prideful, and haughty. You will see it if you are humble. But whenever you're full of pride, you actually get blind, blind to a lot of spiritual things. You will see things in others that you don't see in yourself when you're prideful. That's right. Did y'all hear that? Yes, say it again. You ever hung around somebody that they would always pointing fingers at others? They could do this, they could do that better, they could do this better, and but they don't see no wrong in themselves. They always putting others down. That's a sign of pride. Right. Pride is a very, very ugly thing. I can't stress how ugly pride is in the sight of Almighty God. It is ugly. My goodness. We talked about last Sunday about Lucifer's fall from heaven. And the reason that he got kicked out of heaven was the sin of pride. And all sin regardless of what it is, its root cause always finds, it way, finds its way back to the spirit of pride. Pride. So pride is an ugly thing. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 18, is one of our foundational scriptures for this series. So we go back to it, and we look at it, and the Word of God says, pride goes before destruction. That's right. And a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Pride goes before destruction. Pride, is when it rears its head and when it's in action, it may operate for a while, but sooner or later, it's coming down. Is coming down. The Bible is true. I've seen a lot of people that were seemed to be great at one time, but they got too high and lifted up in their own eyes and in their own self, and eventually they are no more. It's like they disappeared off the map because of the spirit of pride. The word pride itself means to be arrogant. <clears throat> haughty. It means highness. It means swelling. You ever heard about this? <clears throat> Someone said, man, your head's getting bigger. Your head's getting bigger. You know, you maybe you, you scored four touchdowns in one game or hit a grand slam or whatever in a baseball game and you walk back to the to the dugout, ain't done nothing all year. Now your head's so big, can't even get in the dugout. Ain't even got a helmet to fit your head because your head's rolled up so fast. And uh, you gotta watch that swelling of the head. You gotta watch that. You always gotta keep, no matter how good the Lord has blessed you to be, you always have to have to keep the spirit of humility upon your head, yourself and don't let your head get swollen and thinking you're all this and you're all that when you ain't nothing. And you ain't nothing without Jesus. That's right. Amen. 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 So, 
Uh, I've seen in the ministry through the years, I've been in the ministry pastoring for 27 years. I've traveled on the mission field for 22 years or so. And through the years, I've seen a lot of haughtiness and arrogance among ministers. Most of the arrogance and the haughtiness and the pride that I've seen out of ministry, most of it has come in the United States, not in the third world countries. A lot of the ministers overseas in third world countries are seem to be very, very humble. You have to watch out for those that are so prideful in being called through uh, the fivefold ministry. Some people really uh, think it's necessary that you call them apostles. Some people think it's very necessary that you call them prophet or prophetess. And they, take, they get offended if you don't kind of lift their head up, bless them and help them. I could care less what you call me. That's right. I am your pastor. If you want to call me pastor, that's okay. But if you don't, I won't be offended if you just call me Stacy. Amen. That's okay? Right. That's right. I went on a mission trip years ago with an organization. I won't name any organization because I'm not here to put one up or, or put one down. That's right. But I was invited to go with another organization on the mission field. And uh, I'm, I love going to preach the gospel in other countries. So I said, okay, this organization said, we'll, we'll pay you away, you can go with us. And I jumped in and I was the only one that wasn't of the organization or the denomination, only one. And I jumped in there. We all like faith, Pentecostal, spirit-filled, speaking in tongues, believing, laying hands on the sick, casting out the devil. We in agreement with all that. The only part about me is I don't belong to the denomination. So, I go. I'm in Jamaica. And I'm, we, we sat down in a room before. They're going to send us all out to a different churches throughout Jamaica. Each minister goes to a different church. There was, must have been uh, 80 ministers in this, in this group. And they set us all down in a room and they gave us a piece of paper. And they said, we want you to fill out your credentials and what you're affiliated with and what you've done for the Lord and, yeah. and, and, and uh, what school you went to, yeah. what, how, how high of an education, seminary you got. And, and I'm looking at all this. And I'm like, I didn't go to seminary. I don't have an education in, in ministry. Uh, I don't belong to an organization. I didn't know what I didn't know what to put on a piece of paper. And everybody else was just I was, I was graduated from this college. I went to uh, this university and I graduated and I got a doctorate degree and I got I got this and I got that and I'm like I'm looking at their paper and I'm looking at mine. I'm like, oh my goodness, I feel like a fish out of water. I said, what am I going to put on this paper, Jesus? Mm -hmm. And he just said, be humble, son. You know what I put on? I put my name. I put my, my position at Harvest Time Church as pastor. And where they put down all the other stuff, I put, I'm a simple man. <laughs> yes. That's all I put on the paper. And I turned it in. Mm -hmm. And guess what? They sent me to the worst church on the furthest end of the of town that they could send me to. That's right. And I took it. Hallelujah. And went. And on Sunday morning, the pastor came and picked me up. And it happened to be a woman pastor. And when she came and picked me up, I got in her car. And uh, she had that piece of paper. And she said, oh, I'm so glad I got you. I love what you wrote on your paper. I'm a simple man. That's all we are. That's right. That's all of us all of us are. It don't matter if you're an apostle or an evangelist, a pastor, and a teacher or whatever. Hey, we all just work for Jesus. That's right. Amen. But some people are like, you got to have this degree to serve mm -hmm. him. And later on in that in that trip uh, that trip, they had a big tent revival. They must have been three or four thousand, five thousand people up under that one tent of Jamaicans. 
And I was there with that group still. It was at the end of the, uh, the trip was getting finished up. And uh, one of uh, the uh, denominations had, I mean, this guy was really well-known evangelist. Very good. I have utmost respect for him. And the guy up under him that kind of organizes things, later on that night, anyhow, they had the altar call. And they called <clears throat> the altars filled, and they were praying for the sick. And the, the, the guy up under, the head guy, came, made an announcement. He said, if you're with... Uh, if you're a minister, come up and we'd like for you to help lay hands on the sick. And he called for the organization. So I'm with the organization, but I'm not part of the organization. I'm with the team, but I'm not part of, I don't have their credentials. But I walk up and I just look at it. And when I looked at it, he went. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I said, I humbled him. I said, okay. I submit to his authority. I went back to my seat, and I just watched what took place. But there was a sense of pride and, and arrogance and haughtiness that I seen that was ugly. Yes. Ugly. And I knew Jesus didn't approve of it. But I humbled my head, and I went back to my seat and did as they asked. Without no offense, no problem at all. What does the word humble mean? It means to be deflated. To be deflated. Y'all ever seen a football or a basketball and the air goes out of it? Yes. You know, whenever your head is full, it needs to be deflated. That means pride, big head, needs to come down. And the Bible says, humble yourself. Don't wait for God to humble you. If he has to humble you, that means you've been walking in pride way too long. And he has to do it. So when you recognize the pride within yourself, you humble yourself and God won't have to. And the Bible says if you humble yourself, God will give more grace to you. Amen? Look at the book of James, chapter 4. And we looked at this last week, but it's worth looking at again. James chapter 4. Verse 6. Are you there? Say amen. amen. The Word of God says, James 4, 6, but God gives more grace, therefore He says, God resists what? The proud. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Look at verse 10. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. Tell your neighbor this morning, humble yourself. Amen? Amen. Going back to verse 6, God resists the prayer. You ever see anybody resist the rest? Yes. That means they fight back. They ain't going to let you put the handcuffs on them. Nope. They ain't going to let you put them in the car. They're kicking, screaming, they fighting back. They ain't going to submit to no authority. That's resist. Well, listen, the Bible said God resists the proud. That's how ugly it is in the eyes of God. God don't accept everything. That's right. God will love you. He will deal with you. He will try to convict you and correct you when you are in pride. But if you continue to insist, that I'm going to walk in pride when he's trying to bring you down, eventually he will resist you. That's right. I learned a lesson a long time ago from a guy that wrote a book on humility. And you, if you're looking on the internet for Christian books on the subject of humility, you won't find many. Nope. You won't find many. And if you find one, you're lucky if you get a good one. Because whenever you talk about pride versus humility and you preach on humility, you're hitting the devil on the head. He don't like it. I'll be surprised how many people, when they see the title of this message, turn it off automatically. Because they're like, oh, I don't want to touch that one. Some people don't want to hear it. 
That would be the day you skip church. You're preaching on pride versus humility. I'm going to stay at home, drink coffee, and eat donuts. But we need to be deflated. That's right. Amen? Amen. At Harvest Time Church, we're looking for humble folks. Amen? Amen? Be humble. No matter how good you are, how great you are, that's okay. God wants you to have success, but He don't want the, the success to go to your head. Uh, the word humble also means to sink. Go down. To be put down. To bring low. You have to do these things to yourself. Bring yourself down. That's, I told y'all last week, if the devil can't get you down, if, if, especially in the ministry, if you're part of the ministry, if he can't suppress you, if he can't get you down, if he can't discourage you, the next direction he will try to do is lift you up yep. so far that your head gets so big that God resists you. Yep. I've seen a lot of ministers get so big-headed. So big-headed. So into themselves. And it is an ugly, ugly thing to see. They don't want to associate with the people. That's right. They don't want to be touched by the people. They ain't got above that level. Mm -hmm. They preach, take up the offering, and walk off the stage. Yep. I've seen it many times. I've seen ministers that won't hug another person. Yep. Listen, you ain't never too good to hug a stinking man. That's right. Or a stinking woman. Preach it, Pastor. If they're homeless, hallelujah, Jesus said, be humble and hug them and give them a Jesus hug. That's right. Not no religious hug. That's right. Not... Oh, we love you. We did. Love. Hug them. Yes. Let them feel the love of Jesus going through. Yes. Yes. People can sense it whenever you give them a false hug and false love. That's right. And false humility. Yes. You're going to be real. The thing about you, people that are humble will be considered to be real. Yes. Not a copy, not a counterfeit, or false. That's right. People that are humble. God walked with them. Yes. Jesus is with them. Jesus was a humble man. He left heaven. He left all of his glory. Yes. He left all his kingship. He left everything, all the rights of heaven, and came down here as born of a woman, hallelujah, to be a servant, and even bowed down and washed the people's feet. That's right. People today, so in the church, I've heard people say, man, I don't want to come. I don't want to be a part of that foot washing. Yeah. Why? Why would you say that? Because of people's feet. Conditions. They stink. They got calluses. They ain't beautiful. Everybody ain't been to the to the salon and had their toes done. We had one here years ago. And I did a surprise foot washing long time ago. And one of my brothers in here that was about 70 years old, he took his shoes off. He told them for that long. I mean, they look like a chainsaw need to hit them. I said, put them in the water, brother. I'll wash them. That's right. I ain't condemning him. I ain't looking at his feet. I'm doing what Jesus told me to do. That's right. Bow down. I ain't going to put my hands in that water. I'm going to catch something. Mm -hmm. What? No. Jesus don't think like that. No, nope, he's coming. Watch that brother or sister feet. Don't matter how dirty they are. That's right. How many calluses they got. Yes. How many corners they got. Wash them feet and love them in the name of Jesus. Amen. I, I, I've had a, a, a man and a woman come to me for marriage counseling one time. They were they were on the edge of divorce. They want advice. You know, as a pastor, I've seen this through the years that people that are full of pride want to take advice. Nope. They won't take correction. People that are humble. On the other hand, if you're humble, you will heed advice and you will take correction and constructive criticism if it will help you coming from your godly leaders. That's right. I've seen a lot of people hit the door when you started correcting them. Mm -hmm. This couple came for help. They on the edge of the board. They asked me to help them. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to help me help them. Holy Spirit said, tell the man and the woman to wash each other's feet. 
And while you're watching the other one's feet, you pray for your husband. And you pray for your wife as you're watching her feet. And I said, the Lord will fix this thing. Both of them looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> we ain't going to wash each other's feet. Mm, I'm like, there you go. There's pride. Guess what's going to happen? God resists the pride. Mm. Guess what I imagine happened? They probably divorced. You know why? Neither one of them would humble themselves. That's what's wrong with a lot of relationships. Neither one will humble themselves before the other one and say, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I admit it. They won't humble themselves. Somebody that will never ask for forgiveness is already lifted up in pride. That's right. Amen. Yes. Y'all hear this on out there in Kenya? In Uganda? In Thailand? In other parts of the world? Now, uh, oh, years ago I learned something from a man that had wrote a wonderful book on humility. He came to this church, and we were very blessed to have him. His name was Greg Bioli. I don't know how many of y'all remember him. Few of y'all were here when he came. Sister Lori remembers him. Very humble man. He taught on the... on in this church on, on humility. And he spoke concerning something that I always had wondered about. And he said, uh, during prayer time, you're praying for people. And I've done it before. I've experienced it. Praying like you have a healing line. Everybody lined up here for healing. And you st you start, the anointing really flowing. Yeah. The anointing, healing is flowing. You just begin to just touch them and the gifts of healing just start healing people. They just start getting touched. I mean, the Holy Spirit, like a river, boom. When the anointing is flowing, it's like a, a sweatless victory. You don't have to do no nothing special. Just boom, yes. boom, boom. And then you come to this fifth person yep. in the line, mm -hmm. and when you touch them, nothing happens. It's like you laid hands on a block of ice. And you can't even mumble, get a prayer out for them. Mm -hmm. It's like... What just happened? I was flowing. I was praying in the spirit. Everything was flowing. Now I get to this person and I can't even remember a scripture to tell them. Yep. It's like all grace has been cut off. Yep. I can't even remember Isaiah 53, 5. By Jesus stripes your heel. It won't even come to my mind. It was like, I'm like, what just happened here? I'm trying to get something out. I'm struggling so bad, I can't do nothing. I go to the next one, the river starts flowing again. Yes. River starts flowing again. River starts flowing again. Come to another one, you might hit another one. Block our eyes. No grace. Can't even pray. And I'm struggling. I'm like, Lord, what happened between here and here? And this person and that person? Why could it was like flowing and then it stopped flowing? And the and and, and Brother Greg Violi brought this to my attention. He said, Whenever you come to somebody and you can't hardly pray for them, mm -hmm. and you can't even muster up a scripture, and you struggling, and you trying to make something happen, he said, you don't hear the spirit of pride. And he said, God is resisting them. That's why you are having trouble praying for them. That's why the anointing will not flow from you into them, because I am resisting them, because they are lifted up in pride, and until they repent, the anointing ain't going to flow into their life. And I learned something. I'm like, wow. I always wondered why four could get it, and then you get the, the fifth one, and it, it's like, I can't muster nothing up for this dude. But I have learned. Now, God is saying, I can't give that person nothing. I have, I have, I have dealt with them. I have, uh, Convicted them. They continue to walk in their pride and their arrogance and their haughtiness, and I'm resisting them until they get on their knees and repent of this way of acting. I will not touch them. That's what God's word says. I will resist the proud. He said it, not me. Resist means resist. That means God said, uh uh. That's why I told y'all pride is ugly in the sight of God. That's why we all in the church got to deal with it. We all got some sense of pride. Yes. And sometimes we overlook it like, well, that's just me. Me is ugly. Now, 
I want to take you through, last week we did uh, three signs that would let you know that you're walking in pride. I have some others today. And when I call these things out, you may say, here's the thing, here's the problem. When I call these things out, you begin to think about other people instead of yourself. Mm, that's right. We're like, oh, I know so-and-so got that one. I know so-and-so got that one. I know brother so-and-so got that one. I know the pastor got that one. But you ain't looking at you. And you is the problem. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Pride versus humility. Here is a sign of pride. Y'all may want to y'all can watch it later on tape, or you can take notes. Feeling, if you feel the need to consistently teach people things, it can be a sense of pride. Some people feel that they always have to control the conversation. Hello. Mm -hmm. Always correcting, correcting others, and trying to tell that's trying to tell a story. Always correcting others that are trying to tell a story. They never let them finish because they can do it better. That's a sign of pride too. I remember years ago there was a couple that used to come to this church, and the husband was humble. The wife was a different story. She had a a sense of false humility. Humbleness, but it reared its head in ugly ways. And every time her precious husband would come up here and try to testify and tell a story, he'd get a minute into it and she'd jump up and say, No, 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 let me really tell it how it needs to be told. Oh, wow. He must have tried that four or five times and bless his heart, he never got through with his story. <clears throat> Because his wife had to tell it better because she could tell it better and, and remember it better than him. And she didn't respect him but dishonored him in the presence of everybody and he sat back down and took it every time. That's pride. If you think you always got to correct somebody and always got to tell it better than somebody else, that means you got to be the center of attention. That's called self-centeredness. All right, now I'm waiting on one amen. amen. I know it's quiet in here. Yeah. <laughs> We're <right>. My goodness. <laughs> Here's another one. Number five. Last week we covered three. That was number four. Filling the need. Consistently teach people things. They can't do it as good as you can do it. Number five is talking a lot about yourself. Whenever you could become self-centered, you are the center of the conversation. You always want to be the center of conversation. If somebody says, man, we went down to uh, Kenya and we had a crusade and there were uh, 300 people there and 200 of them got saved. And you telling them, how, you know, boasting on the Lord. Well, somebody that's full of pride ain't never going to accept your story being better than their story. They have to stand up and say, well, we went to Uganda and we had a thousand and five hundred God saved. Then you say, well, we was over there in Africa, over in, in uh, South Africa, and we did another crusade and we had fifteen hundred and, and got a thousand saved. And then this guy jumps up and says, well, we was in Thailand and we had five thousand and four thousand got saved. They always got to have the last word, the last say-so, and it had to be better than your story. Pride. It's ugly. You know what the Bible says in James 1.19? James 1.19 said, Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Quick to listen. A humble guy, you will see he, he has a good ear. He can listen to you. And he ain't always got to exalt himself over you. Remember, Satan got kicked out of heaven because he wanted to exalt himself above the throne of God. People that are full of pride always sense a need 
for being exalted. And they will even exalt themselves. <coughs> you know, if they catch a two-pound bath, it was seven pounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, if it was a, a, a two-point deer, it was an eight-point. Self-centeredness is ugly. Yeah. It's a sense of pride. A side of pride. Self-centered. When they're always talking about their self, their accomplishments, they're talking about their education. They're talking about how rich they are. How much they got. How much they accumulated. And they say that because they're building themselves up and kind of pushing you down. Yep. They always want to talk about I. Brother Toby Key wrote a song a long time ago. I want to talk about me, 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 me. Yes. Not you. Me, me, me. Yes. <laughs> that's pride. Anybody that wants to talk about themselves all the time, that is pride. That's how you see it. Woo, they got it. It ain't too hard to locate. Don't hear me? Amen. These things about pride I mentioned are easy to see if you know what you're looking for. Yes. But they're ugly in the sight of God. Mm -hmm. And all of us have a sense of that in us. Yes. But what I'm trying to tell you through this teaching is whenever you sense it, hallelujah, learn to deflate yourself. You don't have to have the last word. You don't have to be the center of attention. Right. Hey, just lay low. Just lay low. Just deflate yourself. Just think a little bit. Let them be. Let them have the glory today. You don't always have to walk out the building with the glory. That's right. Come on now. That's right. Uh, people that always bragging. That's a sense of that's a sense of pride. There ain't nothing wrong with telling people your accomplishments, as long as you always lifting up Jesus. That's right. Lifting up Jesus. Always. It's always it's good to testify. Hey, if 500 got saved, testify about it. But give Jesus the glory. That's right. And if another adventurist comes to town and he ain't one but two people, don't put him down because he ain't one 500. He's doing good where he started. The Bible said, despise not small beginnings. Yes, that's right. Everybody didn't start with 500. You got to start somewhere. Start with one. Start with two. Look at Philippians chapter 2 for me, with me. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and verse 4. There's a ton of scriptures about pride and humility. Tons of them. We often run through them without giving them much thought. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition. Self-ish is ugly. You know what selfishness is? It's self-centeredness. It means I want to be taken care of. I've got to have the best. I don't care about what how what you what you need. I gotta get what I gotta get. I gotta have a, you may have 14 pairs of shoes in your closet and somebody ain't got a pair, and you're going to go get yourself another pair instead of buy them a pair. That's pride. Yep. That's self-centeredness. That's ugly in the sight of Almighty God. Buy somebody else a pair of shoes. Buy somebody else another shirt. Buy somebody else a suit. Buy somebody else something that they ain't got instead of you adding to your collection of stuff. We got stuff in America. That's right. Woo! Say it, Pastor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Amanda. We do. Look at, uh, I ain't finished with Philippians yet. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Amen. 
It sounds something like Jesus says something like, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Amen? You want a new pair of shoes? You see somebody without a pair of shoes? Put yourself in their shoes. In their position. If they're poor, if they're homeless, if they're naked, what would you want somebody to do for you? If you was in the hospital, would you want somebody to come see you and pray for you? Yeah. Well, go pray for them. If they poor and they being overlooked and they, they, they ain't had a, a good uh, hand dealt to them in life, they weren't raised on, with, with two parents. They weren't raised with a good roof over the head. They weren't raised in a godly house. They were raised with a, a, a perverse person beating them, stomping them, cussing them every day. You got to have mercy on these people. That's right. Everybody wasn't born the same. Preach it. Humble yourself before before all kinds of people. That's right. Never think that you're better than anybody. We all ain't worth a two dollars and fifty cent worth of dirt. That's right. Yeah, we all came from dust, and from dust we should Shout return. Yes. Everybody, don't matter if you're a billionaire or you you homeless and ain't got a dime. That's you right. ain't worth a two dollar and fifty cent worth of dirt. That's right. When it, whenever it reduced. You don't believe me? Let somebody take you to the moor and, and, and see how much your ashes weigh. Everybody's ashes are weighed just about the same. Yeah. Reduced. What humble me? Reduced. Deflate. John the Baptist said, you know, John the Baptist had a great ministry. Yes. I mean, he was the man of the hour for a little while. He was preparing the way for Jesus. And then when Jesus came, down the hill, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. And John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must increase. That's where we all are. Right. We all got to decrease so Jesus can increase That's in right. us. As long as I stay increased, there can't nothing else get in me. Right. If I'm full of self, I can't be full of Jesus. If I get rid of self, I can get full of Christ. Amen. None of me, but all of him. That's what we want. None of me, all of him. That's right. But to get humble, sometimes you got to get broken. That's right. People go into the jail system. They go in there. They pray. They some of the baddest dudes on the planet. Yep. I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm bad. I I done this. I done that. And when I get to hell, I've heard them say. And when I get to hell, we'll have a party down there. I'm like, Bo, you don't know what you finna get into. Because you high and lifted up. And pride come destruction. And the Holy Spirit become a fall. Man, you finna take a fall. And whenever you reach hell, I guarantee you, there ain't gonna be no party down there. There might be a lot of jumping around. Because the fire's hot. You can't stay still if you're in a fire. Y'all ever touch something hot? Yes. I guarantee you, you didn't leave it there. Put your finger on the eye, see how long you leave it there. <laughs> you be moving. Gotta get up out of here. But yeah, people go into the jailhouse. They prideful. They done wrong, but they still full of pride. You know what God has to do in the jailhouse? Break them down. Yep. Break them down. Break them down. And the more he can break them, and the more they accept it and get humble, then God can use them. Ask Paul McCormick. Paul McCormick went in there. He was one bad dude. God, he got saved in the jailhouse and on death row. And he submitted his life to God. And God got him off of death row. But because he humbled himself before God, God opened door for him no man else can do. That's right. But if he'd have remained prideful, he'd have died in the electric chair. Not too many people get off of death row. That's right. Lord have mercy. Uh, number six. Person is full of pride, or pride is in is working when they think they are better than others who are different or less fortunate. You know, there's a lot of Christians that, that stick their nose up. They 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 say they know they say 
They filled with the Spirit. They know they filled with the Spirit. They talk in tongues and they, they proudly talk in tongues. But they won't have nothing to do with nobody. That's right. Say it, Pastor. They come to church, do their little shout, go home, and never do not touch. No, no one get their hand dirty on nobody. That's right. They ain't praying for nobody less fortunate. Mm -hmm. Don't ever think that you're better than somebody else. In God's eyes, you a billionaire and a poor man ain't not, not one bit of difference. Both of them in God's eyes, they, they have a spirit, they have a soul. He ain't looking about, he ain't looking at their bank account to determine whether they're going to heaven or hell. That's right. Jesus loved the lowly. He came to preach the gospel to the poor. That's right. He associated with the people that were very poor. Yeah. If they stopped, Jesus didn't run from them. That's right. he, he, he was the king of glory, the king of all kings. He was the Messiah, but he wasn't too good to touch nobody. He touched them all. A leper. Most people say, don't touch no leper. That, you might, that might be contagious. If you touch them, you might be leprosy. They were unclean. What would Jesus do? Reach out and touch them. That's right. Why? The Bible said he was lowly. <coughs> he was humble. He left heaven and became a servant for the Lord God Almighty, for his Father. This, this particular one, thinking you're better than some, somebody else, I've seen ministers go overseas. They should have stayed home. Yep. Because they wouldn't get down with the lowly. They were there for religious, religious purpose only. And to put on their uh, resume, yep. I went on a mission trip, and I went to Jamaica. I went to Thailand. I went to Haiti, wherever. And they had a resume. They went somewhere. But when they got there, they didn't love the people. They thought they were too good for them. Wouldn't touch them. Wouldn't get close to them. All they would do when it was their time to speak, they would come up and speak and sit back down. But they'd be disassociated from the people because they thought they were too good. Man, Lord forbid I ever go to overseas. I love them. I hug them. I take care of them. I ain't better than them. I'll sleep in their hut. Right. I'll sleep on the floor. Yeah. I'll sleep anywhere, anytime, anywhere. I ain't never going to be too good for nobody. Humble yourself. Yes. Did you know self, thinking of yourself better than others, that's exactly what the religious spirit Jesus dealt with in his day. The self-righteous. They thought they were better than others. They had their garments on. They had their priestly robes on. They had their specific prayers. They had their specific times. They were going to the synagogue. But they wouldn't have nothing to do with nobody. And Jesus said, you are full of dead men's bones. Whitewashed skeptics. He said, you are concerned about the outside of the cup while the inside of the cup is dirty. Yes. He said you need to do something about the inside of the cup. He's talking about the heart. You got to deal with his pride. You got to decrease so I can increase. But they were self-righteous. Self-righteousness is a sign of pride. Self-righteous people say, I don't need God. Mm. Self-righteous said, I haven't, I don't drink, I don't cuss, I don't smoke, yep. I don't deal. I don't do drugs. Yep. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't fight. I'm nice to my wife. I'm kind to people. I give money to the offering. Yep. I, I'm, I'm okay. That's self-righteousness. You yep. think you can get to heaven on your, on your own merit doing good works won't never make it. Self-righteous people will not make it to heaven. Anything with self in it usually deals with selfishness. Yes. And it deals with pride. Pride is ugly. You don't want to have nothing to do with it. Stay low. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to stay low. Amen. A man on his knees can stand taller than the trees. Yes. Amen. Uh, okay. One more now, and I'll finish. Number eight. People that have issues with pride, 
instead of humility. People with pride usually disregard the advice of others. Yes. They disregard the advice that others give them. This means that they have they have all the answers and they don't value other people's perspectives. There used to be an old song out. Elvis sang it, others sang it, I'll do it my way. I'll do it my way. <clears throat> they disregard. I've, I've had people in my life, and I'm sure you have too, that have come for you, come to you for advice. Yep. And you wasted every ounce of every second that you spent with them. Yep. Don't know it, because you submitting and humble, trying to help them. But them, as they sit there looking at you, they know good and well they ain't gonna do nothing that you tell them. I have helped people for years and they ain't took not one ounce of advice and they still in the same hole they was years ago. Same problem and guess what? The problem is always somebody else, not them. Victim mentality. It's always somebody else. If they would do this, if they would do that, they never look in the mirror look and them. say, it could be me. That's right. I finally told one of my buddies, I said, have you ever considered it might be you? Been married four or five times? Mm -hmm. Could you could you consider it might not be all them? No. It might be you. Well, no advice. Won't take it. Mm. Begging for advice. Spend two hours with them on the telephone. <laughs> crying, crying, and, and, and you trying to lift them up, trying to encourage them. Tell them what to do. Not do one thing that you told them to do. Actually, go do the opposite. I have thought about doing reverse psychology <laughs> on these people. Might work. Start telling them, go ahead and marry her. She's going to be a good. I guarantee you. Oh, and then yeah. they would do exactly opposite of what you tell them. Oh, Pastor, don't do that. Drop them like a rock. Be gone. <laughs> but if you tell them, this ain't the one for you. You got too many red flags. God's already showed you this ain't going to work. I think you need to drop this, and I think you need to move on into a different direction. Yep. And go marry them three months later. Yep. I'm like, <laughs> I, I spent all this time <laughs> trying to help you, and next thing I know, you done went off and eloped. <laughs> and, and stay married about six months. Three months. Get another divorce. Same old routine. Same old, same old, same old wilderness. Walk around in it. Won't never take no advice. Pride, 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 pride. It's ugly, ugly, ugly in the sight of God. Y'all always pray for God to put a cloak of humility on you. Let that be part of your prayer life. Lord, help me see things in my life that, that, that is not pleasing to you. In any area of pride in my life, Lord, help me deflate it and help me be humble. God said he'll give more grace to the humble, but he will resist the pride. So what you want to be as a child of God is be as humble as you can possibly be. You ain't never too good for anybody. That's right. That's right. Amen. Jonah had a problem when he was told to go to Nineveh and tell them to repent or God was going to judge them and destroy them. And you know, Jonah didn't want to go. You know why he didn't want to go? Because he hated the people of Nineveh. He thought Israel was the cream of the crop. He was an Israeli. He was a Jew. The Ninevites were not of the Jewish race. They were considered to be low dogs. No good for nothing. And Jonah said, I ain't going to tell them to repent. Let them sorry jokers perish. And God said, you're going into the belly of the well, dude. I'm going to give you an attitude adjustment. And he went into the belly of the well and got him an attitude adjustment. And when God got done with him, he had to break him down. He had to help him with his way of thinking. He was too prideful, but God said, I got to bring him on down a little bit. And in the belly of the well, he'll figure it out after a while. All that seaweed wrapped around his neck, the smelly inside of a belly of a fish, stinks. Man, after a while, he said, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. 
And he said, Jonah? Jonah said, yes, Lord, talk to me. That's good to hear from you again. He said, you ready to go to Nineveh now? He said, Lord, if you will get me up out of here, I'll go to Nineveh, and I'll tell them exactly what you told me to tell them. And I'll love them like you love them, see them like you see them, and handle them like you would handle them. I'll be the best servant to you. If you just get me out of here, I'll go. He said, spit him out. And he went to Nineveh. But he had to have a heart change. He had to get rid of that Jewish pride. Yes. It don't matter if you're American. You can be prideful, but always be humble. Yep. I'm proud of being American. Yes. I was born an American. But I ain't better than a Kenyan. And I ain't better than a Haitian. That's and I ain't better than a Thai. I ain't better than a Cambodian. I ain't better than nobody. We all worth $2.50 worth of dirt. That's right. Amen. Y'all stand with me today. If you're looking at uh, viewing by media today, it was our honor to come into your living room or wherever you are and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to you. Remember this sermon, Pride versus Humility. My encouragement to you is to be the most humblest person you can ever be. Humble yourself. Don't wait on God to humble you. Humble yourself. Listen to these words and heed them. Give attention. Surrender your life to Jesus. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is your day. Today is the day of salvation. Jesus Christ already has died on the cross. He's already rose from the dead. He's done, done everything he's going to do to get you born again and have eternal life. He's waiting on you. You're not waiting on him. You can't change yourself. He can change you. Right. All you got to do is surrender. Yes. Humble yourself. Yes. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And be born again, washed in the blood, filled with His Spirit, and He will write your name in the Lamb Book of Life. When this life is over, hallelujah, life, eternal life awaits you, either in heaven or in hell. Right. Where will you spend eternity? Heaven or hell? We love you. God bless you. Send us your comments. Let us know what you got out of the sermon. If we're helping you, hallelujah, it's our honor. God bless you. Jesus is Lord.